Welcome to Zero Fucks Given. I'm Krista DeLuca, joined remotely with Freddie Brick, Carson Block, and Roddy Boyd. How are you guys? Good. Great to be here. Yeah. Very good. Nice. Maybe we need a little bit more color than that. Like, Freddie is clearly in a penitentiary somewhere. Um, looks newly built by the shade of gray. Um, I don't see urine stains on the wall yet. So, are there any windows in the room that, that you're in, in prison? There, there is a window over here. Um, I, um, I don't know if you guys are aware, I'm, I'm in the UK. There is a big furore here at the moment because, um, Nicola Sturgeon, who is the first minister of Scotland had, um, some new kind of trans bill go through that ended up with a rapist male being placed in a female prison. So uh, I saw my opportunity to get laid, and uh, here I am. Nice. All right. And so one thing I learned about uh, prison construction recently, God, I'm trying to remember who I was talking to. Um, they, they had, I guess they got their start in construction with prisons, but Stuff like windows, windows have to be no more than four inches wide so people can't slide out through them. So do you have a properly sized window? Uh, I do, but I've also got a tiny head. So, uh, and uh, that's, have a that's tiny the main, head. yeah, that's, that's the main reason I haven't really been working on the shoulder press just to kind of keep it, you know, at a level where I could fit through still. All right. Well, anyway, I think it bears mentioning that the reason uh, Krista and I are remote and not in our comfy studio, which we have a, a new decoration that I guess we'll have to wait until the next ZFG to show off, uh, is that there's an ice storm here in the Austin area. So we've been, I guess, chosen or forced to stay home um, Can debate which one of the two. And then, uh, yeah, we've got Roddy. So Roddy lives nowhere near Austin. So um, <laughs> never had an expectation he'd be here. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, this is a special Zeros episode for people who pay close enough attention, which is probably nobody. Uh, this one's unusual in that it's going out just one week after our previous one. You know, our goal is to do one every two weeks. We often fail at that. Um, by making it three or four weeks. But anyway, here we're, uh, we appear to be like, you know, straight A students and getting, uh, getting one out a uh, second week in a row. But that's because there was a very special event in the world of short selling. Um, and that was Occupy SEC 2023, which was last Friday. And, um, I guess the epicenter of that was at the SEC headquarters in DC. There were supposed to be regional protests and we just don't have the, the manpower to cover all of them. So <laughs> there's only so one we Roddy. Sent, we sent, yeah, so <laughs> we sent our best. Yeah. And so, yeah, Roddy, what's, what was that like, man? Did that, did that change the markets? Yeah. Uh, change the markets, boy, I, <laughs> If, uh, well, I mean, you have to say if these, if the sort of the crowd of about 60 to 70, I cuffed it as maybe a bit higher 75 after I went, they were out there for about 10 hours. They were planning on being out there for about 10 hours. Uh, you guys would have existential trouble. Uh, or at least that's what the, the crowd said, you know, it, it's, all short selling is bad short selling is the is the mantra and then you then you speak to uh the individuals and i say okay i am you know john doe the short seller i seek to short sell none of these fine paragons of american uh creator entrepreneurial uh you know strength and pride that are being victimized purportedly, but I get a locate on 15,000 shares of GM or Goldman Sachs are used as one example. And that was a, a well-received example. Uh, 
and uh, I get a low kid on 15,000 uh, shares and, and, you know, it comes back. We've got firm locate on it. You can go ahead and I short those shares as part of some, any number of different investment strategies. Is that morally and legally problematic where you sit? And that's where things got interesting. People were like, oh, of course not. No, that's valid. It's legal. Uh, the problem is almost, to, you know, again, this is them saying it. Uh, the problem is that never happens. You know, all short sellers from Carson Block to, uh, you know, an options or, or block desk at Morgan Stanley to uh, individual RIAs, everybody who needs to, convertible trading desks, you know, they're all sort of locked and loaded on this cohort of 20 to 25 names it's fu it's fungible right or i should say it's portable it goes from 20 to 25 names to hundreds of thousands of names uh currently and historically that are targeted I, I, not to uh there's so much we can unpack and we should but the the other sort of light motif uh you know the the kind of theme there is the pre predatory nature of short selling that when parried to reporting destroys and is holding back the American and thus aspects of the Western and global economy from reaching its full potential of, again, I fought against myself. I was saying this to you guys off camera, you know, I went there and I didn't kind of let my id go. I, I just was a just the facts reporter. I didn't engage in much debate, uh, didn't do a lot of parrying and hypothetical kind of stuff. I let them say their piece and elaborate it when appropriate. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, all short selling when parried to reporting is, uh, is ultimately and eventually destructive. Uh, I, boy, there's so much else, though. <laughs> so, so, Roddy, having seen the footage, I want to focus on the thing that struck me the most. Um, the outfits. Um, let, let's talk about that. Um, and I, I want to start with what I would refer to as the Stevie Wonder interview. You, you interviewed a lady dressed up as a justice and you know she's got the blindfold on and it must have been like interviewing Stevie Wonder as she kind of looks out longingly into the distance and you're asking her about naked short selling um it's just brilliant uh your fan club is on the line that might be uh maybe the lead singer from Coldplay or Paul McCartney wanting to get drinks <laughs> upon your work release uh but uh uh yeah i lady justice uh was was interesting uh she is uh before we hit roll on the camera i asked her you know like can you see me or like can you hear me like do you know what's going on like or are are you fully bought into this role you know with your scale and Again, credit where it's due. It's it's 35, 34 degrees there. Yeah. Pretty special wind coming down F Street at a good pace. Maybe I, I call it 10 to 12 knots. And uh, and she's there in, uh, you know, like basically a repurposed bed sheet and uh, or like drapes and uh, and like, I don't know, like a sock, you know, around her head. And uh, uh yeah, I mean, so she's like, no, look, I'm supposed to be blind. I'm not deaf and a moron. I, I can hear you and let's do this. And yeah, she was interesting. She's a uh, full-time Forest Service employee and uh, a Navy. She was a photographer in the Navy, active duty for like 15 years. Uh, oh, that's interesting. It, yeah, no, she. I mean, it was, was kind of interesting. She, she low-keyed it, but I researched her a little and yeah, she, you know, went to Bud's training for SEALs and combat areas and, and uh, you know, did 
I, a pretty unusual job to my understanding for, you know, active duty military, but, you know, props, you know, for her uh, service there. And yeah, she, uh, the outfits, you know, they really went for the full dramatic effect there. Uh, we didn't speak to uh, the, tw not the twin of Lady Justice, but there was a woman dressed as, uh, let's say, uh, the Statue of Liberty. I saw uh, I think she's in some B-roll there. Uh, I don't think she was ready for prime time. She had the vibe when I talked to her a little of, you know, day trip from the group home. And uh, I didn't think that, you know, that was going to be a great look professionally for me or quite frankly, you guys, to the extent anybody watches the podcast, uh, that, you know, <laughs> talking to somebody who I don't know is capable of using can openers and, and uh, pencils and, you know, like running water and stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, you have to make certain editorial decisions on the spot. So I went with justice over liberty. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, again, it, it, the, the sartorial array here, well impressive. Um, very middle America gets edgy slash protest. Uh, you had, uh, you kind of sort of reminded me of like the one Trump rally I went to, you know, back when. Uh, lots of kind of, uh, you know, American flags ported onto big, you know, Occupy FINRA, Occupy the DTC, Occupy SEC type shirts. You had, um, uh, you know, other kind of signage, uh, some of it creative, some of it, you know, would perhaps get uh, maybe half a star from Carson's kids teacher in who were like second grade, if I understand it, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, you had, uh, you had some interesting, you know, a guy, there were, and I, I think I mentioned this in an, in an email to you guys, uh, you know, there were some choices there that you don't much remark upon because they are so, uh, earnestly presented that you're pretty sure that's how they wear, like, you know, like, I'm thinking like, I don't know, like Continental Airlines domestic travel seat type <laughs> shirt, 1979, uh, Laker Airways for our British friends, uh, which, uh, you know, will be uh, maybe Freddie's brother or shit in London. Uh, yeah, like, like off, like 1980s budget US airline, 2000 era Malaysian airline uh, kind of, you know, clothing, like color arrays, you know, night, like a, like a purple velour shirt with uh, used car salesman tie. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, the, the id was present, um, you know, a middle America traveled a great distance to get there and hate on you guys. And they were going to show themselves in their full array. And uh, and they did. I own. I honor that choice. I respect it. Didn't run it down. It uh, it is what it is. The, um, the Lady Liberty, or sorry, Justice. Um, Justice. It was interesting because what what she when she gave a speech there, yeah. um, she said that the reason she was there is because she wanted IVF treatments. Her uh, federal government insurance health insurance policy doesn't cover them. So she put $25,000 into like some ticker I'd never heard of. And I, I want to ask you what happened. Oh, here because, I know what ticker that is, Carson. So, so but, but so, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely want to hear watching about that. that. I, I thought it was kind of, it was pretty emotional. I mean, she was, well, well the thing is like, you know, and a few other people said, you know, said similar things like they're, you know, they, they, so you feel, you know, I felt bad for her genuinely. Okay. You need IVF treatments, but you know, she's mad at people like us because I mean, I guess at the end of the day, and this is, this is one of the things that I, I, this is what I thought as I watched this part of the footage 
is that the problem is, one of the issues I think is that nobody tells retail that like investing is different from gambling. Okay, you go into your online trading account, it's almost like you walk into a building and there are really two doors. One door leads to the casino and the other door leads to, you know, like a place where people are more rational. And a lot, you know, these people are confused and they go to the casino to play casino games and then get pissed off at somebody. Um, and maybe that's because they don't understand. Like there's a difference between investing and speculating, or they don't know that there's such a thing as speculating. And one of the, one of the best things that somebody said early on to me in my finance career, uh, I was interning for small fund manager in LA when I was in college and the PM said to me like on day one or day two, he said, Carson, this is a get rich slowly business meaning investing is like, that's what you have to understand. And, you know, if you're out there saying, Hey, I got $25,000 and I need, you know, to put this on, you know, red so that I can hopefully pay for my IVF treatments. I mean, you're in the wrong place, but yeah, I, I you know, curious as to your thoughts on that or yeah, or to hear about this ticker with this and, you know, uh, like, I, I'm not sure what the fuck happened, but I, you know, with this one name, but would love to hear that too. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, you know, you guys have a lot of fun on this podcast. Love, you know, I love a laugh. It's hard to get laughs on yeah, in, in journalism or wall street. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, but yeah, that, that caught me when she said it and, and I, you know, she was emotional and I, I kind of, again, I had to make a decision like is, didn't want this to get off the rails. Uh, yeah, very real thing. I mean, look, we've, all of us are adults. We've all known men and women seeking to conceive. And when you can't and, uh, you, you know, go the IVF route, boy, is that. For, for the record, though, I don't know any men who've become pregnant. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> I was going to get into a whole array of politically correct gender stuff, but I'm going to stay away from it because. Yeah. Freddie can get there again, <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, so again, very real thing she's experiencing. Uh, for the record, I met three couples that were there that were had used what they expressed to me were material parts of their retirement savings. Uh, there's one couple in particular uh, from. Uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, she's a teacher, uh, elementary school, primary school teacher, and he is a uh, an electrician for a large uh, company. And uh, they put a lot of money into a couple of these names. And for a little while there in the pandemic, when all of America was... Half the day we're going to eat and watch Netflix. The other half of the day we're slinging stocks on through Robinhood. We got to get to Robinhood on this, okay? Because that's important. Because uh, they all came in through it, okay? There was a couple of people who had classic, I have a broker or I'm self-directed, but in the main, Robinhood. And, uh, uh, and Robinhood pandemic. And... Um, yeah, I mean, gosh, it, there, I mean, there were stories. I mean, like these are, you know, she's a primary school teacher in Michigan and he's an electrician and they do pretty nicely, but not, hey, I'm going to throw 30% of our retirement into, you know, yeah. So there is a huge delta between investment and getting rich. And a couple of people did admit to me a great deal of their trouble emerged from getting rich. Uh, uh, so, you know, met trying, trying to get rich. Yeah. Attempting to get rich. Uh, a, a, you know, kind of, we'll just put a uh, sort of a note there. I would also say a, and I think I, I noted this in, in the, in the email I sent you guys, everybody there is religiously committed to something, uh, Again, you guys can explain it. They buy the dip. You are invested in XYZ. 
It drops from uh, they have a sort of an encyclopedic knowledge of buying the dip theory and you know volume weighted average theory or averaging cost weighted you know averaging down, and and those are sort of like mm, those are in the Ten Commandments there, and uh, another third thing I don't think I touched on, but there were some military you know ex military there ex uh, uh, and they viewed their investments as like a moral thing. And again, we're talking like AMC and, and GameStop here, okay? So these are not per se moral companies. They're selling you like, you know, Stardew Valley and, and or, you know, <laughs> video games and, you know, movie theaters. And so uh, it's not like, you know, you're, you're, you should be morally engaged. They viewed selling as violative of, you know, kind of the community. They came in through these Reddit communities. They came in through other chat board communities. And so we're all one, one for all. Uh, I will say one person gave me the QAnon slogan, which was where one goes, goes all or something yeah, to that effect. Sure. I was like, oh, I told the guy, I pulled him aside. I'm like, time out. I am, you get, I am a reporter. This mic is not I have a cameraman. We're paying him. It's a mic. You're on, you know, welcome to the Thunderdome. And uh, how many of these people do you think, I mean, were QAnon adherents? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, again, prior to uh, we all talked about this thing in America, okay, which is we all know what the Internet can do for us. We're on the Internet right now. It's magnificent and transformative, but everybody there is committed to doing their own research. And, and we need to put kind of quotes around that phrase, doing their own research, because that has replaced. I, 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 yeah, I, I'm trying to be, you know, again, I have respect for these people and I have respect for some of what they've accomplished, notwithstanding their just bizarro world choices in a lot of areas. Uh, they, you know, they, it's, it's replaced like rational, critical thinking. Like, okay, I'm going to understand short selling. So I'm going to do some work. I'm going to go through Investopedia. I'm going to, you know, pull down various explanations from places, maybe do some YouTube stuff. God, YouTube is like Stalingrad for these people, man. It is their intellectual graveyard. But, but you know, I'm going to look around and and then I'm going to like maybe actually, I don't know, if I'm really committed to like understanding it, I'm going to, you know, there's not like there's a shortage of, you know, Carson Block interviews on, on YouTube or Chanos, you know, doing it for decades more than you. Or, I mean, there are like practitioners that are, you know, A, you can identify their name and career arc and, and their bona fides, but, but presumably if you're engaged enough, you can reach out to them or find them or find somebody adjacent to them or somebody who worked on a block desk that shorts you the, you know, um, buy, you know, buy stock from you or whatever. Roddy, and, do you yeah. think these guys might've just been reaching out to Chase Coleman? <laughs> yeah, uh, really yeah, uh, well. yeah, and they got all the Jace Coleman and the guys at D1, and they're like, oh, now I'm in private equity. <laughs> Just like their LPs thought they were in a hedge fund, wound up in, you know, insta overnight private equity. Um, we did because we love, we, you know. Uh, how, how many of these people, and look, it sounds like some of them did start from a point of, economic hardship and varying levels of desperation and i'm assuming at some point these people made some money it sounds like at least yeah. initially and so With two names two names in particular right and so, amc and jimmy i mean they everybody there was sitting on some of them were sitting on seven-figure profits right. they said so I, I can empathize with hey i'm in a bad situation you know, I've confused gambling and investing. Where I have a harder time at the risk of sounding like a dick is I think this tipped over for a lot of people into greed. It sounds yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. 
So how I mean, do you square that with, you know, the lack of education, the bad choices these people are probably making everywhere else in their lives? You know, it's at some point, because look, no one's going to feel sorry for Neil Carson if we get financially wiped out taking what we think are quite smart decisions. I mean, people look back and go, geez, you guys risk that much to make that little? That's fucking insane. Why should we feel any different for any of these people? Let, let, let me jump. Let me jump in with a quick digression um, that I think addresses this. So it's actually just last night. Um, watching my wife and I are watching with our kids this uh, show that we just discovered on HBO called um, Avenue Five, and it's a comedy. So it's it's pretty short, digestible comedy, like twenty thirty minute episodes. It's a the somewhat near future luxury space cruise ship, you know, there's a fuck up and they're basically stranded in space for years longer than they uh, bargained for. And it's got, you know, it's like, it's supposed to be a cruise ship of passengers basically. So it's got like 5,000 middle Americans on it. And so last night, the episode we saw the season finale and um, there's one woman on the ship who, becomes convinced she she works in um she works in movie production in visual effects so she starts claiming hey this is all a lie these are all special effects we're not actually in space we're in a movie studio so a bunch of passengers react to this and they say yeah this is bullshit we know that we're not really in space and they get into the airlock and they're like we're gonna walk out the airlock and like the ship's crew is like no that's really space there and so the first group of people you know, are like fists in the air, like the airlock opens and all of a sudden they turn to popsicles and drift out the back. And then, then like the woman who had been in, uh, you know, been in movies, she's like, oh, that can be done with projectors. So the next group gets in, they're like, yeah. And like, as the door opens, and, you know, and these people turn to popsicles, like one of them's giving like double middle fingers and like, then they float off. And the next group gets in. And like finally, after one of them who had her fist raised as she's floating out the airlock, like her fist breaks <laughs> off, you know, and then, and then people are like, well, that seems All like right. that's kind of a hard special effects to, uh, to do. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. And some people still want to go out the fucking airlock and, and like, you know, my kids, yeah, I, I was mean, going to ask well, how your my kids daughter, reacting to this. My, my daughter's too young to really get that. She was still puzzling over this at breakfast. Like, why did they walk into the airlock? You know, we tried. But for my son, who's nine, and I try to expose him to some of the more practical aspects of the world, you know, in age-appropriate manners anyway, um, I was saying to him, like, this is a great, this is actually a great parody of a lot of America, right? Where people will reject the simplest explanations in favor of the most complex explanation because it makes them feel good. And so when you're talking about like the, you know, the problems that these people have identified with the way the markets work, but, or, you know, with what, with what's happened to them, like real problems, but then they blame it on naked short sellers of which there's no evidence at all that this is a, pervasive problem. It just reminds me of like the people from Avenue five who just kept turning themselves into popsicles. But, um, it's, it's like, it's like a societal affliction And I don't know, like, was it always this way? I mean, Krista, you tell us you're the oldest person here. Really? God, man, dude, you're just fabulous. Uh, we went to a place there, Carson. I know. I was with you up until then. I know. That's why I had to break the rhythm up. But no, I mean, Roddy, Krista, like, what? I mean, we certainly, on the on the naked shorting stuff, I'll say that it's been there. Short set, look, I mean, nobody has, if nobody gets into short selling expecting like plaudits and love and universal uh, respect, you know, at least within the investment community, you go outside of like the corridors and bubbles of short selling, or I call it the long short ghetto, right? You know, like it's, it's, it's sort of a, 
a sterling ghetto. Uh, you go outside of it, people are like, oh, wow, yeah, I, I watched that, you know, smartest guys in the room, or I watched a frontline thing, or a, a Netflix, you know, whenever short sellers are portrayed, uh, people tend to appreciate them uh, in their triumphs, in their moments of triumph, when you work at a company that a short seller uh, publicly identifies. And again, that's so the short activism thing is such a new wrinkle that I don't think people are, are, are fully processing it. You know, uh, uh, Patrick Byrne and Overstock had done such a great job of you know, forcing short sellers into a closet, literally. Like, you know, you get contact from a short seller, like much the way I suspect a CIA case or a MI6 case officer running an asset and you know, Syria or Moscow has to <laughs> has to engage with people. But uh, uh, I, I want to say one thing to start, like. In the main, everybody here was middle income. A few of them were sharply above middle income and got the joke, which was a bitter thing for me. They just were pissed that their stocks weren't going up and took the time to protest the people who they view as kept their stocks from going up. Uh, but uh, I, these people were capable, functional, middle of the pack American in America, 2023. It's just, they are, it's so easy to form. And again, the community they have is very real and it's, it, you know, all these people were meeting each other. They'd been in touch with each other for years, talking, texting, uh, video conferencing. And they finally met each other in meat space, in, in, in the flesh. And it was, I don't know, warm, nice to see in, 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 uh, in, in real time. They have a real community. Uh, unfortunately, it's a real community based on real bad information and I, some of that is they simply don't one third of it's they just simply don't understand that that short selling is not the manufacturing of the million dollar phrase they have synthetic shares okay that that getting a properly sourced and located short does not create uh a synthetic share uh well, they, they, they seem obsessed. That they is totally obsessed. That's, that is the thing. That is the I the the I don't know. It's it's like the synthetic shares. You can't even touch that word because that's going to send. That will. That's when the four letter words come, and that's when you start getting into the uglier aspects. Like, well, I've never seen. You know, one guy's insisting me. I've never seen corporate fraud. I don't know why. What's the use case for a short seller in 2023? I was like, uh, yeah, an hour or like or two, because I got time. And then it's 34 degrees, and I'm realizing I don't got time to show this guy. You know, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, there there's that. So synthetic shares, man. That is that is that's the reserve line, like in eBay. They won't cross that to surrender any to give up synthetic share manufacturing. That that after that lies the horror lands of cognitive dissonance. Okay, and you can't have that. Okay, uh, and the the logic on synthetic shares is all to do with fail to deliver, right? They they seem to believe that that and look, as I know, I mean, fail to deliver is literally just. It's 23 be, names as of last Friday. 24. Right. I mean, it, it can be as simple as you located a borrow here, you shorted the shares there, they're going to settle there, and, you know, this guy didn't talk to this guy, and therefore the shares didn't make it across. It has nothing to do with naked short selling or... Yeah, you know, Carson bribing, you know, whatever, Morgan... I don't know who your prime right. is, but... You know, city under the table. Like Carson's like, yeah, I've got two tickets to the UT game. Why don't you naked allow me to naked short a hundred million dollars of stock? Like, yeah, that that idea was floated to me. No one mentioned the word you know, name Car Carson Block, but uh, 
you know, like they, they were like, uh, we all know how it works on Wall Street. Like a short seller pulls a guy aside and is like, if I take you to, you know, the steakhouse and scores, which is a popular New York City strip joint. I don't know if it exists anymore post pandemic, but it doesn't. Um, uh, uh, and again, Krista, I don't mean to be offensive or, you know, you uh, introduce the marginalization or sexualization. No, of women. I love that place. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, so they're like, they, they're thinking like, you know, that John Grisham uh, component. The, the, the other thing that was, you know, one guy said to me the L word and I was thinking L word, like what, like lesbian like yeah like what the fuck do lesbians part of my language i meant to say uh what the heck do lesbians have to do with naked short selling and uh and and well yeah i mean but that's that's our reserve line right that's our (laughs) dirty little secret you know we all know what lesbian no in all seriousness because i asked the guy like lesbians like what is the l word and he looked at me like the strange kind of baffled look and he's like locate I'm like, much explanation is required. What is like? And he's like, well, the problem with short selling is short sellers just get a locate. They don't actually get stock reserved. So you're at Goldman Sachs box. Well, they didn't use the box. Okay. But you're at Goldman Sachs or city or insert name of large financial institution here, you know, uh, and, you know, they'll just, if there's 5 million shares uh, that are borrowable, they'll locate 18 million shares and that, you know, 13 million synthetic shares are created in um, that sort of mongoloid math. And and I, I was like, well, I don't I don't think it works that way. But I, you know, I, I, I noted to you guys, there were two things that these guys had valid Concerns that, well, I mean, outside of just the SEC and FINRA deserving some scorn, you know, like I would like them to do a much more muscular job, too. It's just my interpretation as an investigative reporter. And I suspect some of what you guys would like them to do is, I don't know, go after these crap companies, liars, promoters, criminals, you know, schemers who wake up every day to rob, steal and mislead. And uh, that's not they don't share my view on it. You know, their their do their job is basically go after Freddie and Carson and, and you know, whatever, Chanos and 100 other short sellers. And uh, and, you know, whenever I brought up and again, I was just sort of trying to navigate. I was trying to give like counter examples, wasn't presenting an argument, but like, what about when a short seller identifies a fraud? They're like, well, if, if the guy had properly, you know, if he didn't locate stock, but actually got it segregated and and returned the stock when it was required to return the bought it back, you know, there's no problem there. And I and basically they're arguing for some sort of like blockchain, like, you know, Mark Cahotis back when with overstock or teaser, I, I forget what, but was you know, saying, look, you can enter introduce blockchain. Uh, principles into prime brokerage and you'll have a fair, more rational system. Everybody agreed. Nothing changed. Uh, I don't know what that's for. Again, I don't do what you guys do for a living. I'm just a dumb reporter as Bloody, people told me. What, what was the male-female ratio? Uh, 60-40. 60 male, 40 female. Oh, that's uh, much more women than I thought. Yeah. How many of the guys do you think were there just to hook up with their online, like, pen pals? Yeah, I, God, Fred, I got to tell you, I, sex really didn't enter my mind when I think of that crowd. Uh, I don't really see, like, a whole lot of that framework happening. Uh, I will say, Lady Justice was, uh was, you know, very uh, just. And and so I, I think she might have been very popular for after work, uh, you know, maybe like after protest cocktails when you've shorted, when you've literally frozen yourself like you're a German soldier in a trench outside Leningrad in 1942. 
and you can go thaw out and have a couple of drinks or something. Or as one guy took the opportunity to smoke a fat one down, you know, in protest, which I'm sure showed Gary Gensler where he was coming from. But uh, uh, okay. yeah, I, I don't think sex was, we got to maybe take that out of this conversation. Okay. Not really so, keeping so that in. So one of the things that, uh, you know, kind of strikes me um, also from, you know, from what we were talking about, what reviewed is, so we've talked about this evidence-free nature of their beliefs that, okay, this is all caused by naked short selling. And the one thing that I got that they do cite as the basis for their beliefs is they talk about reg show and the failures to deliver notice. And... I mean, you brought up with one of them that Adam Aaron had even said, like, no evidence yeah. that, you know, there's synthetic shares and, you know, like that there's naked short selling. Um, and, you know, and the guy said, well, you know, he didn't find the evidence yet. But um, but the the thing, that, you know, when I when I was thinking about that, and it, you know, I, I also just feel in so many respects, like what we see here is a microcosm of a lot of our broader societal dysfunction. Yeah. It's totally. like the worst thing that the SEC, you know, when it comes to this issue, the worst thing that they did is they they promulgate reg show and they don't explain to people how stuff actually works. Like there are reasons that there are failures to deliver that don't have to do with short selling. And, you know, I've, I've asked people who work in the cages before, you know, about this and I can't remember the explanations, but yeah. you know, it's like, it's like technical real plumbing kind of shit. And it's just time and again, you know, we, we just see this in the absence of something that I can understand, you know, I'm just going to make up this, you know, crazy fucking explanation. And I, I just feel like in so many respects, this really is a microcosm of, you know, what, what's going on in America. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a whole, I, yeah, I, it's, I, I think I noted to you, like, the process of doing your own research leads average people within, I let's say, just one day into a rabbit hole, okay? And now granted, they're doing their own research primarily because, you know, their investment, they use the word investment, I would say, just pure spe speculation. Their bet. Their bet. Okay. Uh, yeah. Red or black. Right. And they're, uh, they had one. I mean, they, they got into AMC and GME. And that's, I would say 75% of the people there had exposure to a, more AMC than, than GameStop, but, but certainly plenty of GameStop. And everybody there had at, one point, you know, during the, the, the time of the gamma squeeze, the meme stocks, uh, they were, uh, you know, they were sitting on, one guy told me like 60 to 70 X his initial investment. And I said to him, like, look, I'm just a reporter, but in my exposure, you know, talking to very, established successful fund managers uh across a number of different companies that's they're almost always taking some profits you know like there's they're gonna maybe they're sitting with you know a hundred bagger but they obviously have an obligation to try and and generate positive if not maximal returns uh and i said are you guys doing that and you know invariably you know, I seventy percent of the people I asked the question to probably asked it fifteen times. Okay, eighteen times. Um, people were like, "No, selling's wrong." Like we believe. I'm like, I said, "You're sounding a lot to me like religion here." Like that's which is fine. I I grew up in a religious household. I have practiced it. I not knocking it, but sounds like you're talking religion. Which that's a different thing than investing in AMC shares because your boys on Reddit were into it or something. And uh, they're like, no, it's just wrong, dude. Like, it's just what can you say? It's the prison of belief. Uh, uh, and then so then the people who sold, as I noted, um, were like once, uh, I don't know, reality and or debt covenants kicked in. 
uh, and these things dribbled back down to their normative value levels, uh, AMC perhaps $5 and less, and, and GameStop, you know, en route, they, uh, you know, they took all those profits, which were transformative. For a little while, these people had money like nobody in their bloodline had ever had money, Okay. One guy's like, yeah, I was sitting, I live, I mean, he lived in uh, Backwoods, Tennessee. And he had at one point in taking 300 plus thousand dollars of profit and uh, was sitting on, excuse me, $300,000 of profit, but let it go. I mean, he, another guy told me that he probably had sold about $250,000 of stock. But he, I mean, he did a few things like he, you know, uh, went on a small vacation and did a few other like things in his life, but mostly kept that in his cash account. And then when AMC cratered, went back in big time, buying up a lot of shares. And uh, I don't know that this guy is going to get another gamma squeeze or, uh, uh, you know, that sort of one off asymmetrical kind of pattern uh in, in terms of like the practice of this i mean i i have to say the patterns of of religion and identification are so strong here like it's it's not just that again i'm not being political i i i i, I sort of very skeptical of all american political parties but like much the way people in the 2016, 17 vintage started, you know, people were like, I'm not just voting Republican. Like I am MAGA. I am, I, I identify with this, you know, to my core that MAGA is me and, and our nation should be MAGA. And, and, and that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, and, and, that's that's one pattern of it. The other pattern of it is this is very hierarchical, okay? Like people believe in community in terms of not just are the short sellers and, and the process of short selling doing us wrong, but they reinforce each other through a series of, of self-appointed gurus, okay? And, and, and they look up to these people. And, and some of the people looking up to these gurus these are successful men and women. I have to, like one guy who is a retired senior police officer for decades, he retired at full pension. I looked him up. He refused to go on camera, but he gave me his name. He's a real deal. Uh, uh, and his wife is a professor at a very well-known university in Virginia, tenured faculty. And, you know, they're, they live in obviously a, a, a small, but, you know, and sort of off the run community in Virginia, but I, you, you could tell they live well and they're secure. And it's like, but they look up to, they take a lot of guidance from the, these gurus. Like they opened up Twitter accounts and follow the ticker. Like they learned all the things of organizing, uh, and, and, and kind of top down, uh, value transference. To, to, you know, they so, oh, hey, did you hear Freddie Brick said this on his YouTube short? And, uh, so that gets bounced around like much more than like, like a senator calling for us to invade Mexico or some shit. I mean, these guys, I, I closed a personal Twitter account that had like, I don't know, 10, 12,000 followers, some crap, 11,000 followers. Cause like, I was just, I wasn't getting engagement anymore. And to the extent I got engagement, it was all morons. And, and these people get engagement like I, I mean, respectfully, Muddy Waters account can't get engagement like this. And, and, and it's so they, and they, they, it's childlike in some areas. It's, you know, I'm talking to, again, a guy, a 40 year veteran of, of police, a variety of units, uh, worked his way up. I, I, this guy is like, talking about a, a guy who walks around with his cell phone, you know, iPhone or whatever, just recording. So yeah, today in GTII, uh, uh, or today in created, or the big one, the one that 
gets everybody ready for the gun, you know, reaching for the gun is metamaterials. Right. Uh, what what happened there? That that's that's oh. the one that Lady yeah. was so, in, right? Yeah, so metamaterials uh uh just everything exactly a classic uh one suspects a classic Kingsford name. That's an inside joke to short sellers. But just, you know, boy, do they have the then what I mean is, you know, you, you you don't just short the name, you short the network of shells and promoters that birth this monstrosity. Uh and and doing your own research all along the way, of course. And and uh uh Metamaterials is a uh, a company that uh claims somewhat plausibly to have technology that can be used across a variety of discipline disciplines. Uh, it's, it's just like, it's kind of a new chemical formula that, uh, uh, creates like less friction in the manufacture of certain materials. And then it gets promoting like, and you know, we're using going to port this onto AI and it's going to be like, it, you know, it goes from science in two paragraphs to, the the goofiest promotion is you know nonsense you'd ever if it had been five years ago it would have been a cannabinoid you know or or something like that and ten years before that it would have been some biotech nonsense and uh, but it does exist as a company I think the shares are uh, was it M M A T is it uh, uh, as I think its shares are under a buck fifty uh, they had a preferred stock that a was just privately issued um, um, and was not tradable, but two market makers started making a market in it. You get, you know, obviously, I understand there's economic liquidity opportunities. If you want to buy or sell more, someone wants to sell some, why not be a middleman, okay? So that really struck them as problematic because what people started doing is obviously buying the friggin' preferred and shorting the common and, and, you know, the classic sort of hedging stuff and the short, you know, interest, which was high, you know, starts going like that. That's one sort of dynamic. The second dynamic is then again, and this is the, another blind spot that I couldn't get any engagement with really, which was, uh, the management of this company uh, decided to sell a unit to a privately held company, and uh, I and so those preferred became convertible into a privately held company, uh, and that you know posed like a real conundrum. Uh, this sort of developed right, you know, this, this transaction emerged, uh, lickety split, if I understand it. Uh, and that posed a large problem to FINRA, which then ceased the trading or the, uh, transfer or any, uh, 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 uh any dividends being paid, uh, or accrued in this, uh, in this preferred, this, uh, meta materials preferred stock. Uh, they, they stopped it under, uh, regulation U3, which is essentially abnormal activity. Uh, and that was approximately, as of last week, that was 50 days, I believe. So now it's approximately, I don't know, 55. And there's been, you know, Bing FINRA, uh, there's been poor communication and no updates. And, you know, this could perhaps go on indefinitely. And, and people are sitting with, uh, you know, many thousands of dollars of their uh, investment, uh, A, just stuck, B, no dividends accruing, and C, I believe convertible into the shares of a uh, uh, private energy explorer that uh, I don't know that there was time to diligence. I, I, I don't, again, I'm not going to dwell on that other than, boy, is that not the most penny stock management thing you have seen in a while? Like, oh, hey, yeah, buy that. We're not doing that anymore. We're doing this, buy, click, done, over, out. And and uh, uh, like I would say, you know, I was saying to people, okay, I have empathy and sympathy for you. I relate to you and I feel badly for you. But maybe management here, like, you know, look, you got to do what you got to do if you're an oil and gas adjacent company. Uh, if, if, or your, what you're doing as energy, uh, 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 attributes and maybe, you know, they have the financing is rough and you gotta, 
you got to take a, a merger decision that's unfavorable up front, but maybe preserve some value long term. But maybe that gets put to a shareholder vote. Maybe there's dialogue on it. Maybe the new company is, you know, kind of speaking about their business plan. And none of that, to my understanding, is happening. So these people are in the dark. So again, when things like that happen, you have to go to the one authority that maybe could illuminate any, uh, uh, illuminate some of this. And that's the SEC. Uh, I think the SEC is telling people that's a FINRA problem. Uh, obviously, FINRA is being subordinate, you know, in terms of credibility and power to SEC. SEC, you know, subordinate in credibility and power to DOJ. Um, and again, it's, it's, this is an abusive situation. They are right. I, I'll, I'll argue that for them. They are right. This is abusive. My interpretation of just having done this for a while is that I do think the former management needs to maybe do some explaining. Now, again, this being a religion, everybody's fine with former management and views them as victims of short sellers. Uh, and in the end, I just blame Freddie and Carson and, uh, and a few other people who I oh, see for bad now, now that you told me what happened, uh, sure. I'm happy to take the blame for that. Um, but yeah, I saw Lady Justice. I mean, she was saying that they were, you know, there was a halt two days before something was supposed to happen, so she yeah. couldn't get out. And yeah, and I remember from some of the uh, the days of those China RTOs blowing up. I mean, some of those halts were ridiculously long, and you know, like nobody's well served by that. Um, not the short sellers who were short them, but also definitely not the longs who just you know, took them longer to get back whatever they, whatever they could get back. Um, you know, so I, I mean, it, you know, and I also saw at the beginning, there was a speech by the organizer and he talked about how there was this financial crisis over a decade ago and people were made homeless and lost their jobs. And, you know, like there are, there are correct criticisms here or, you know, identifications of actual problems, but then it's just, yeah, unfortunately, as you put it, the religious aspects or the community aspects of it, whatever it is, just they they go and, and you know, in search of the or they, they land on what's completely the wrong cause. I mean, it's, you know, just not even remotely related to the cause. Um, I mean, that's the, you know, and like you said, when we sign them to be short sellers, we don't sign them to be popular. But I mean, fuck, man, like getting blamed for all this crazy shit when you know, the reality and one of the things I want to ask you and this, you know, sort of dovetails into that is, is there any way to disabuse them of these notions? And when we talk about, you know, in the, in, and when we talk about like what, you know, what the SEC is doing or not doing. And, and I love there's that one guy who, you know, shouted a few times, like, turn off the porn. Turn off the porn, ho! Um, yeah, not wrong, but yeah. you know, like the SEC yeah. and DOJ, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they've come in and to us and other guys on the short side and really, you know, looked at everything and on the back end of this, you know, they don't do shit. I mean, you know, is that, is that like evidence that these people would maybe consider like, you know, if there were, had been low hanging fruit, you know, to, to pummel any of us with, I mean, God knows, I think they would have done it. Yeah. So I, I, I think I, I noted to you that I posed, uh, like the common ground question to a couple that had traveled uh, roughly seven and a half, eight hours from, uh, New Hampshire to DC and, and, you know, to stand out in the cold and, and protest, uh, what the, they viewed as the injustice of it all. And I said, okay, notwithstanding, let's assume, you know, give you, let's stipulate, you guys are right. You know, I said, I, I know a bunch of short sellers and I've been reporting on corporate fraud for a long time, um, you know, with sources, the SEC and DOJ. And I, I, I said, I bet that if you were to get short sellers down here too, uh, and they were to talk about like what's in their heart about, you know, the 
aspects of the financial system that are unjust and unfair uh, or just not best practices or optimal, they'd have a long list. You know, I mean, I, they, they would have and it wouldn't all just be self-centered stuff. I mean, obviously, short sellers would like a more activist DOJ and a bunch of other things. But, you know, they I I, I opened my heart and I said, I bet there's <clears throat> a bigger Venn diagram overlap. You know, I, well, I didn't use Venn diagram because I needed to stay away from things like that. But like I I, you know, I said, <clears throat> I bet that short I bet. They might agree with you on more things than you think. And they looked at me like with the kind of international. Yeah. They looked at me like the international who farted look like, you know, like, like what's. You can't look into my heart because I don't have one. I'm wearing cashmere slippers, drinking expensive, quaffing expensive brandy. Exactly. Um, uh, you I, know. I'm, yeah, there there is no common ground between us and they. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I mean, look, in, in getting back to Carson's question, which is real, uh, I, I would say that one is, and this is difficult, right? Because I, when short sellers get together, I mean, a lot of the times they talk about stuff like this, like. God, why are we catching so much crap when we're we're having to do the job of the SEC and DOJ? Uh, um, sometimes profitably, sometimes less so. Uh, but I, I I would say that if some of I hate to say you guys, but if some short sellers were to get out there and say, like literally, I mean, in the days of the early blogs, like 2001, 23, there used to be this hacky way of engaging with an argument called fisking. It was, it was based on a, an, uh, an English columnist. I think guy's name is Robert Fisk. He's sort of a, a pronounced leftist, you know, speaks in the declarative all the time. And you would take his argument. You know, he would make these arguments. America is just a war hungry. And this is a run up to the Iran, Iraq war. America is in a war-hungry bunch of animals who just are seeking to engage in military conflict for stock prices or something. And like, as I get older, yeah, it's true. But but at the time, I didn't think it was true. And so people would take that very powerful argument and underneath it engage, you know, and say, actually, look at, you know, America's like, you know, peacekeeping and shit like that. What I'm trying to say is if you... If short sellers with some experience and profile and credibility, okay, and I'm not, it's not an oblique, you know, passive way to say you guys, but like anybody would say, look, let's talk about synthetic shares. And here's your argument as I understand it. Boom. Then you'd say double entry bookkeeping or the way a prime brokerage works is thus. And this is the system that we have and I have to operate in it. You know, just start with how you locate it. Like there are, there were people at the, at the, at the, the, the protest who honestly thought, I, I, I think we lost Carson for a minute there, but they honestly think the likes of a, of a Carson or a Freddie or, or Soren or Dan David, you know, wants to get into a tight name, does not borrow, could maybe, you know, pop open a couple of, you know, pull out a couple of Super Bowl tickets. And, and, uh, you know, uh, reserve a table at the local, whatever, you know, Ruth's Chris and say, look, if you can get me a hundred thousand shares, I'll, you know, go watch the Eagles play the, the, you know, um, who are the Chiefs and, and, you know, or something like that. Like, that's not how any of that works. That's like naked shorting for somebody who does a lot of short selling is like the, First of all, it really wouldn't work. And then B, it's a ticket out of yeah. your career. You get like, you, you know, get boom. you get caught very quickly. I mean, that to me is like the, you get, I mean, you would get caught within, you hear nothing but no, and you'd get bought in and then the regulatory process would start. And then you would have not this as a career. Right. Well, and when you look at Morgan Stanley clawing back, I mean, fining employees like, some cases north of a million dollars for using WhatsApp. Like what the fuck would these guys do if they found that their employees in prime brokerage were facilitating naked short selling? Because 
here's the thing, like short selling is a tiny amount of what goes on in the total equities business in, <laughs> you know, in the world. And when they're all, you know, when you see these, these statements online, like, oh, the big boys didn't like the way the stock was going up. So they decided to come in and short it down. The big boys? You mean like all the guys who got really, really, really fucking wealthy after they stopped doing a lot of short selling, like Chase Coleman, you know, Dan Loeb. I mean, you know, like, no, dude, the big boys aren't. Why am I not working for one of them? Yeah, you know, it's it's a valid question. There is a consequence to your decisions. Some of it's investment. Some of it is your employment decisions. You know, you're anchored to these guys. And oh, look at you now. You're on a podcast. (laughs) <laughs> you could be circling the moon in your, or, you know, visiting the Palace of Diamonds um, somewhere. In yeah. life of, yeah. Yeah, um, there you are. <laughs> and on that note, I think we should conclude. Yeah. Yes. Take, Take away. us away. Anyway, Roddy, thank you so much, first of all, for covering hey, that you. last Friday. And that was, I mean, it was great. It was really, really great. We really appreciate it. And I know the weather looked really nasty. Um, anyway, thank you so much for joining us. What? I said, sorry, I said super educational. Like it was great to do a deep dive into this, you know, like previously we'd only speculated and joked about them and, you know, understanding the mentality. Um, yeah, very helpful. I mean, I'm not really sure what I do with it. I, what are you going to do? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It, but it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I will say, there's. If I could just add one thing, I I saw nobody go in or out of the SEC building in four hours. I think there's <laughs> got to be a back or a side entrance. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> or I don't know what's going on. Because no, that's prime time for the porn rooms, man. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Cool. Thanks much. Cool. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks.